Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts, the medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Elizabeth Dutton, you know what's ridiculous? Yeah, that a certain giant corporate internet provider calls their broadband access unlimited, and it is not. There's a cap, and you pay when you go over. That's kn- ridiculous. Do you know this personally? I am adjacent to this situation. <laughs> You're adjacent to this situation? Mm-hmm. I've seen it happen. So your neighbor, friend of yours? Sure. Family members? Sure. Mm. Mm-hmm. So this is internet service provider? Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that is ridiculous. Okay, well, you know what's also ridiculous? What? I've got a story for you. Okay. Okay, the, this story, it's about a pair of outlaws. They are two women who get their start on the lawless side of life uh, when they start robbing men down in Houston, Texas. Now, this is before the end of the story. Right? At the end of the story, they will have posed as nuns. They will have worked as topless dancers. They will have risked big losses in casinos. And, you know, those were the big gains that they got from robbing all those men blind across the state of Texas. So basically, what we're talking about is a real-life Thelma and Louise. Only this pair, they never killed anyone because, you know, we got that ridiculous crime guarantee. Yeah. Yeah, we don't play like that. Love it.
This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It's always 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous. So, you ready for a story of two mm, folk hero outlaw women? Yes, I'm ready. You like those kind of stories, right? Yes. Okay, so... My girls' names are Rosemarie Turford and Joyce Carolyn Stevens. Okay. Rosemarie and Joyce. Hello, Rosemarie. Right? Hello, nice Joyce. Yeah, I thought you might like these. They're kind of like old school names. You don't yeah. hear like a Rosemarie these days. So now their bail bondsman was named Clement Romeo. Mm. The story is just filled with great names, right? <laughs> no, but first let's, let's focus on our anti-heroes. We'll get to Mr. Romeo later. Rosemarie Turford, she was the older of the two. She was about 35 when our story begins. And uh, Rosemarie Turford was married. She was a nurse, uh, a psychiatric registered nurse. And uh, I'm not sure if you know how nurses do, but she was making about 50 grand, you know, Back then, that's, uh, I think, $92,000 this year. Okay. So she was doing pretty well. Yeah. Well, yeah. In 1994, 1995 dollars, the 50 grand. She's doing really well. Yeah, right? So she's the one that the press would come to call the good girl. Mm -hmm. Now, we have, on the other hand, our bad girl, Joyce Carolyn Stevens. She was the younger one. She was 30. She was the daughter of a Houston minister. She was often called Mousy, although I, you know, I don't, I've never really understood that adjective, Mousy, except for like if a person really is like tiny, but I often, or not not physically tiny, but like their presence is tiny. Uh But you hope people say, oh, she was really Mousy. I was like, does that mean, like, what do you mean by that? I think it, it, I take it to mean like anti-hubba-hubba. Oh, I don't know. I think that may, in this context, that would make sense. That's the binary. Are you mousy or (laughs) are are you you hubba hubba? Fair enough. Ahuga. Now, the the Texas journalists really had a good scale of that because they all seemed to agree she was mousy. So anyway. Poor gal. Joyce works at a psychiatric facility. Now, if you notice what I said about a psychiatric nurse in a psychiatric facility, did you guess where they met? Uh, At a casino? Yes, good job. How did so you? Good you're at so this. good at this game. No, they met at work, mm. and you know, so ding, ding, ding. No prize for everybody who guessed that correctly. Now, good girl meets bad girl, and they decide, you know what? There's a bunch of men in the state who need a lot less money in their pockets. Okay, right. So, Texas. Yeah, we've been in Texas together. We have. We drove across part of the state. Yeah. What do you think of Texas? You would, if you were to become an outlaw, is that the state you would go for? You no. Okay, <laughs> that was fast. <laughs> Everybody's packing. Okay, that was one of my thoughts. Well, and it's I know someone from Texas who always just refers to it as the Republic, oh, and Lord. so it's like you know they they have their territory. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to come in as some outsider interloper messing with the law mm-hmm. and not expect to get my face blown off. Now, Rosemarie, she's from Canada, and she's like, I'm not afraid of my face getting blown off. That's that Canadian toughness. Canadian that toughness. Canadian hard-boiled <laughs> nature. I think even Canadians are like, huh, never then, heard of this, eh? <laughs> yeah, she's the toughness, one Canadian say, huh? who never says thank you. <laughs> she, she kicks in the door at Tim Hortons. Give me a... Black coffee, large. <laughs> Don't look at me. Anyway, so Rosemary Tufford, she obviously she isn't hard up. She doesn't need the money. She's also married. She's married to a computer executive. This dude also is doing well. He's making like six figures by himself. So oh. they are like, you know, living well in Texas. Mm-hmm. But he lives in Detroit. Hmm. Right? Yeah. He spends his week in Detroit and then flies down to Texas for the weekends. 
Why does it? Okay. In 1995. That seems like kind of wild. But anyway, she was originally from up near Detroit in London, Ontario, right? Yeah, right. I mean, it's like right across. Exactly. Yeah, Chris, yeah exactly. Right over the border. So uh, presumably, you know, it was, I guess, kind of like not weird for her, for her husband to be like right near where she grew up because... They well, made, aren't there psychiatric hospitals up there where she could have gotten a job? Uh-huh, no, but they were making a transition south. It just took him a while. Mm-hmm. But now, yeah, it was a failing marriage. That's fishy. All right, let's just be honest. It was a failing marriage. Her husband, Brian, was like, you know, also, by the way, you have to keep in mind, her husband, Brian, is up in Detroit, and poor Rosemary Turford is down in Houston by herself with three boys, ages 4, 12, and 14. Oh, that's a handful right there. Right? Teenage boys, two of them, and one young one that she's got to run around after and isn't even in school, so she doesn't get time off in the daytime. Anyway, local Texan Joyce Carolyn Stevens enters the picture. The younger, 30-year-old, she's a you know nurse te- a technician, not a nurse. Mm-hmm. Now, she is drawn to Rose like butter is drawn into the crevices of an English muffin. <laughs> Oh, wow. Right? <laughs> she so, got, she gets all in there. You know, tight as she can. Right? No. The nooks, the crannies. crannies. She's all up in them crannies. So <laughs> Brian and Rose's marriage is, you know, somehow still alive. It's like a you know dead man walking. And Joyce is like, you know what, girl? I can be here for you. And then Rose is like, you know what? This is really helping me having you around. She's like, yo, would it be cool if like you just moved in here with me and the boys? And she tells Brian, like, I'm going to have this coworker come so she can stay with me. And he's like, all right, bet. He, like, takes the call at, like, a seedy motel with his, <laughs> like his paramour. He's like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Move yeah, it whoever like, you want. Don't say anything. It's my wife. So, anyway, he goes for it. Spring of 1994, the women are now living together in the house in mm-hmm. Houston. Okay? Mm-hmm. At this point, they get into their criminality. You know, they're like, hey, things are going well. We got the boys, you know, they're going to school. They're fed. Everything's fine. We're together. And, like, you know what we should really do? We should rob some men blind. You know, it's yeah. like, look, the kids have finished up their chore chart. Mm-hmm. We have we did done, homework. We've gone on a grocery run. Yep. The floors are mopped. We made the lunches for tomorrow. Let's roll some dudes. Let's go out tonight and maybe hit up a seedy motel and rob a dude. I like it. I like it. Okay, so I want you to picture this. Yes. Rose. The married one is on the phone. Jocelyn, the younger one, is next to her. On the other end of the phone is a John. Now, mm-hmm. he's dreaming of... Like a, a, a man looking for a woman, not a toilet. Yes, correct. Yes, you you were down with the street slang, my friend. Well, I just also really quickly imagine, like, they're, on they're the phone talking and toilet. then there's a cell phone in a <laughs> toilet bowl and they're like, no. Bloop, 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 bloop. So this John, he's dreaming of arranging this hookup with these two women who are on the phone. They're like, hey, do you have a place? He's like, oh, I got a place. Come on over to my house, right? The women Mm -hmm. share a knowing look. They're like, it's on, right? So they get dolled up. Hubba hubba. Exactly. No mousey here. Guns loaded up, and they have some drugs to, uh, you know, get their victim doped up. Mm. And all of a sudden, now, drive across Houston. Knock, knock, knock. Dude hears him at the door, and when he opens the door, he's like, hey, ready to party. (laughs) Nope, it's two cops. Oh. The girls have switched (laughs) uniforms, and they're now in cop outfits. They flash badges. They tell them, look, pal, we're looking for a missing woman, and we think that you know where she may be. He's like, no, I don't don't even know what you're talking about. You're under investigation, pal. Now step inside. He's like, okay. And they step inside with him. The dude is like pretty much about to soil his boxer briefs, and... (laughs) He's like, but I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know if there's any missing woman. They're like, okay, pal, sit down right here. Then they, like, you know, basically give him a hard time as these fake cops. Uh-huh. They handcuff him. 
right? Uh-huh. Because, you know, he's going to be under arrest. And then once they have him handcuffed, they pull out their guns. They go, okay, now tell us where everything valuable in this house is. <laughs> they take his credit cards, his wallet, his car keys. They take it all and they bounce. They go to an ATM. They drain the ATM. They're like, man, this is awesome. So for three months, they keep doing this. Uh-huh. Boom, boom, boom. They just keep hitting men up like, oh, I got a little time on Tuesday. Joyce, you you, you got the day off? <laughs> she's like, I'm just going to take a personal day for this one. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> I got a little paid time leave coming up. So now if you were a woman looking to like, you know, roll some dudes, uh-huh. what do you think of their uh, technique, their MO, if you will? Of setting it up and then pretending to be a police officer. So basically what they do is they use like f- like phone dating services mm-hmm. to contact their Johns. And mm-hmm. now you have to remember, when I say phone dating service, this is like, you know, internet dating back in the day, but like on the phone. So, so it's like 1-900 numbers? No, kind of. It's like uh, you could, 1-900 numbers you call and you start chatting and then like, you know, they would get this person to give them information and then they would hook up like, oh yeah, so let's set up a time to meet. They go over to the place. The guy is like, you know, first, by the way, they've run a credit check to make sure he's got enough money oh, to be able wow. to go over there and like hit him I up. I like these gals. I like the <laughs> background logistics on this. So oh, they're yes. not just flying in blind. No. I like this. I mm-hmm. like the cut of their jibs. Well, they don't want to get in there and just find a, like a dude's got a bunch of like, I don't know, velvet paintings and like some cut crystal collection. They're like, well, or they're like, gonna... where are all your valuables? And he just points over at like three trash bags full of Coke cans. He's like, there's <laughs> so much redemption value in those. That's the best I can do, ladies. Yeah, take all you want. <laughs> yeah, so I like it. I like what they're doing. I like that they dress up like cops. I think that's clever. I was at a a show once watching a band play, and it was just sort of like a house party thing. And the cops came to shut it down, and this guy I knew stood up and yelled, Hooray, the strippers are here! (laughs) And they didn't like that. (laughs) I like that. Yeah, but like, so that is, they run that risk. You know, they show up in the cop outfits, and the the guy's like, yeah, this is what I was hoping. And the stripper has a gun. He's like, oh, man. So, well, the, these two partners in crime, they've got this all figured out, and it becomes super successful for them. They're able to rob dude after dude after dude. They're picking up stolen cars, credit cards. They end up having about $340,000 in cash that they take from all these dudes in the Houston area. Wow. Yeah, not right. Not bad wow. for a registered nurse and a technician. Yeah. Huh? And this is, by the way, they're just getting started in crime. They're not like, hey, I grew up doing this. This is like, hey, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. I can <laughs> oh make a career of this. They could. They Except are. Except for their luck turns south. Oh. They get arrested on Pi Day, which is March 14th for the non-mathematicians out there. Cops <laughs> the find... nerdiest way to say it. <laughs> Thank you. So the cops find and arrest them in a Houston area motel room. Mm-hmm. And they're with a mark. They're like, you know, about to roll them. Oh. They get arrested, charged with four counts of aggravated robbery, one count of aggravated kidnapping, and aggravated means, in this case, they were using a gun. Oh, okay. Right? So, Not now, just all, I'm aggravated. Yeah, I'm just mad. Come over here, pal. Get in the trunk. <laughs> yeah. So, these two women now stay behind bars for the next two months. Mm. Rose's husband, Brian, is not in a rush to get her out. She's got the, the two boys and the daughter, remember? Or the, oh, sorry, the three boys. What four, happened with 12, the boys? 14, exactly. Well, Brian finally, he's like, you know... I'll get to them. So their families throw their money together. Jocelyn's family throws their money together. Rose's family throws their money together. And they're able to bail them out. And on May 14th, they're freed from jail. Wow. Right? So their families put up $680,000 bail. Oh, my gosh. Right? And then the very next day, they jump bail. And they go on the run. Gals, come on now. And that's where our story begins. 
We'll be back after this short break with more from the real-life Thelma and Louise, a.k.a. Rosemarie and Jocelyn. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. As you know, the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every crime I've studied, I've learned one thing. Your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. You don't want to worry. You just want peace of mind. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. For every ridiculous robbery and theft we talk about, it's pretty obvious the crimes could be avoided with a solid security system. A good home security system keeps people prepared and aware. Simply Safe is that system. It was named Best Home Security Systems 2024 by U.S. News and World Report. And it doesn't just protect your home from crime, it also alerts you to fire, floods, and other emergencies. They offer sensors and cameras backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. There are no contracts, and there's a 60-day money-back guarantee. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/ridiculouscrime. That's simplysafe.com/ridiculouscrime. There's no safe like Simply Safe. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty: Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Elizabeth. Yeah. So, 
You want to hear more? Of course. Good. This is the story of Rosemary and Jocelyn, a registered nurse and her technician partner in crime who decide that a life as outlaws is better than living and dying in Houston, Texas. Hmm. I mean, you can't claim them, right? I mean. Well, come on No offense, Houston, Texas, but you are still in Texas. I think it's better, you know, living a life as an outlaw is just sort of exciting no matter, you know, where you're coming from, from whence you came. Oh, Houston or otherwise. I don't find a lot of outlaws coming out of Hawaii, right? Sure. I'm kidding. There are, of course, outlaws everywhere. And that's what I love about everywhere. <laughs> that's what I love about everywhere. So this was a... I love I love the sports. <laughs> like I, Rob Lowe and the NFL hat. I love all of the crimes. Hooray. Hooray for crimes and non-crimes. <laughs> if you are an outlaw, yay. I love the yes and the no. <laughs> so their bondsman... I'm just excited to be here. ...is this dude, Clement Romeo. We mm. mentioned him earlier up top. Now, hubba, he hubba. was the dude who posted up the $680,000 worth of bail guarantee, mm-hmm. and which he stands to lose in the entirety since they have gone on the lamb. So the, if it's $680,000, I'm mm. going to guess they put, what, 68000 Yeah, 10%. 10%. But he had to guarantee the full amount. So right. So he is up for losing six hundred eighty grand. Mm. So he does the reasonable thing. What do you think that is? He puts on his mullet wig and he puts a gun on his waist mm-hmm. and some kicking boots. No. Oh. Close guess, though. He goes to the press and he tells Uh-oh. them, look, at some point, reality has to set in and they will have to come in. So he tries to, like, tough talk them, right, through the mm. press. Then he goes out and he hires some private detectives. He's like, I need you to find these girls. They got my monies. And they're like, all right, we, we can do this. Now, I don't really believe that they were going to be very good, but they go, we're going to look everywhere. And the women have disappeared. There are no signs, right? Mm. Until they get word that they've been spotted in Canada. Well, that makes sense. Clement's like, of course. I so, bet you Brian dropped a dime on him. Oh, I'd be willing to bet you. That's a good call. Clement, the bail bondsman's like, okay, I need to go. Action plan number two. So after now hiring the detectives and turning to the press, his new plan is mm-hmm. T-shirts. <laughs> he ships 200 T-shirts that feature the mug shots of Rose, Rose and Jocelyn's faces. Stop it. Yes, and they have like the words wanted, like it's a wanted poster. And he sends them up to Canada and he's like, just wear these around. Just random 200 <laughs> Canadians wear yeah, these he T-shirts. Wants to, like, say, he's not trying to like make money off these shirts. He this just needs to increase their profile. Is like trying to, I'm redefining bail bondsmen. Like yeah. he doesn't want to go out, you know, driving around and rolling up on people's lawns and jumping out and kicking Mm-mm. indoors. He's like, I, I'm the new breed. I go to the press. <laughs> I know all the buzzwords. Mm-hmm. And it's fashion, baby. It's fashion. And so now he had these shirts printed. Did he highlight any parts of them with puffy paint? No. He only put in the word wanted like it was like a novelty shirt, shirt like a, not a wanted poster. Oh, like they have like at the county fair. Yeah, where exactly. You it's like- okay. And so my now I'm just trying to envision this mm-hmm. because this is my favorite part of these weird things, these ridiculous crimes. <laughs> so... Who's distributing the 200 t-shirts? He's just, basically, he just uh, sends them up. He's like, hey, you're in Canada? Here's a shirt. So he sends up the 200 shirts. But just to, like, like, general collection at a post office? No, I think he may have sent them up to an agent he knew and said, distribute these across the Toronto area. I will put five whole dollars Mm -hmm. that most of those shirts went into, like, a Goodwill or a dumpster. No, people were wearing them. From what I read. I kind of want a shirt now. Right, exactly. I was going to make you one before, but I didn't have time to make one for the show. Only if it's, like, fringed along 
along the bottom with beads on the fringe. <laughs> Take a little. I, I like That's that. That's my. I have my demands. I, okay, I took note. Thank you. Now we remember again. You have to remember this is before the internet. So a novelty T-shirt is actually not a bad idea to raise a person's profile because now people are like, "Hey, what's on? What's, what's this shirt?" It's all Frankie say relax. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Freddie says relax." They all Freddy. knew that. Frankie, Freddie. What I want a shirt that says, says relax. Fredo says relax. It was <laughs> like shirt, like adjacent. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, like that. That's like I tried to get that. Uh, what was the shirt? Uh, it was like an outcast shirt that apparently was being sold on Amazon, but it wasn't outcast. Oh, the pictures. yeah. Yeah. And I tried to get in there really quickly and order one, and they sent me an actual Outcast shirt. And I was so bummed that it wasn't the impersonator one. <laughs> you wanted the, the I messed wanted, up one. I wanted the messed up one. Well, you know, you could. I'm going to see if I can get you one of these wanted shirts because they were pretty awesome. I need one. But he also, like, my man Romeo, I guess not really my man Romeo. I'm not going to have a bail bondsman be my man, but Romeo Clement. He was also of the more traditional approaches of like, hey, how about a reward? So he's like, I will give you $13,600 if you capture them. Not information, but you got to capture them. Like put a like yeah, like net wrangle over them. them, put a net over them. <laughs> exactly, like a big butterfly net. <laughs> and he's like, so he's out there putting like, you know, bounties on them like a Star Wars villain. He's like, <laughs> look, I want these, bring them back to me. Now, this, you know, all sounds good and well, but you have to understand Romeo Clement, our bail bondsman with the heart of gold, he wants you to know that, quote, it's a business and we all try to make money, but we have compassion too. He wants these women to not get hurt he, while they're out running around on his dime. He has that as like a tagline. He totally has a PowerPoint presentation about the phases of his investigation. Like phase one, <laughs> media press, phase totally. two, T-shirts, phase three, <laughs> award, question mark, or reward. And then like at, like at the bottom, like the kind of the template has... It's a business, and we want to be compassionate, too. Phase four, benching compassion for the victims. Yeah, and then, like, yeah, four, I don't, I'm terrified to know what four is, but it's going to be something equally toothless. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this much. He uh, basically sits back, and he's like, okay, I'm getting a little nervous. It's, you know, like, time is passing, and he's got this deadline, because if they don't return, he'll forfeit the money. So he's just watching that deadline approach. He's like watching the $680,000 start to turn invisible, like back to the future parents, right? <laughs> and Clement's like, given the good news that not one, but two nationally broadcast, internationally known television shows plan to do segments on these women. Enter America's Most Wanted and Unsolved Mysteries. Slide four. Right <laughs> Slide there. Four. Turn to phase four. <laughs> syndicated television so uh i remember i think you mentioning once that you're in your house you guys watched america's most oh, wanted yeah 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 oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love these shows and in particular the older my grandmother got the the more real they became for her okay she she saw everybody that was ever on america's most wanted oh, like, like it in Person? In person. Okay. <laughs> it would air on whatever night, and mm -hmm. then the next morning, for sure, like, at least two of the people would be spotted in the supermarket. <laughs> and she'd have to come tell us. And then we'd be like, no, that was actually a guy. They're looking for a woman with red hair. That's a really short, bald guy. <laughs> and she said, no, I swear. And then, like, Unsolved Mysteries, my brother really liked because okay. we liked the, you know. That theme song spooky. was amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was a banger. It was a jam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, America's Most Wanted. I was, like, afraid I would see people when I was little. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I'd watch the show and be like, oh, my God, what what about the pressure? What if I see So them? you're just thinking there were criminals out in the grocery store? Yeah, whereas my grandma's like, I saw that guy in the bread aisle. And, <laughs> whew, I just kept walking. I don't want any of that nasty business. 
<laughs> Let me tell you, I don't imagine he'll stay outside long. <laughs> Someone's going to catch him. But they were all right around her. <laughs> no matter where in the world. <laughs> they're right. They're like, we have to find Helen. <laughs> I think the authorities might want to have talked to her. Like, no. Helen, what's your secret? She didn't answer the door or the phone. Oh, it makes it a little difficult. Yeah. Well, the authorities, meanwhile, who are not the uh, Romeo Clement TV shows, but the actual authorities, <laughs> they're out there looking for Rose and Jocelyn because they have skipped bail. They've fled the country. and Most likely, they've just disappeared into Canada, which, if you don't know, Canada is not a small place. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. So the authorities and the independent investigators that Romeo Clement has hired, they both start to focus on the border crossings, thinking they'll catch the women sliding on one side of the border, either going north or going south. So they focus on Detroit, Windsor, on London, Buffalo, right around that Great Lakes area. Let's be real. The cops and the feds were, that's their plan. That's their slide one. Yeah, exactly. All they're doing those, is just telling us what they would Romeo do. Those Romeo investigators were just sitting there, you know, Eating a hot dog on the side of the road, wearing a T-shirt. You want to go to Niagara Falls tomorrow? Yeah, they, they were not involved in the actual plan. So the Houston police, meanwhile, get an actual solid lead. The women never drove over the border. They flew into mm. Calgary from Dallas, apparently. Mm. So back in May, the women took off. Once they got to Canada, they traveled east to Edmonton. They rent a car, a Nissan Pathfinder, and they basically just tour around Canada. Cool. Right? Yeah, just... Two women on the run, or really, you know, slow driving the SUV, rough style. So they don't keep the SUV long, though. I don't know if they just get tired of roughing it and sleeping in the back, or maybe they think people are going to catch on to them. Anyway, in July, the police find the SUV in this little town called Ajax. It's just uh, east of Toronto. The police discover a note that was left by Jocelyn. It's an apology to the rental car company for taking so long to return the car. (laughs) It's Minister's so daughter from Texas, yeah. Well, she's been hanging out with a Canadian. It's rubbing off. I'm telling you. Well, the manners, yeah. Yeah. So a couple of days later, Toronto PD, they get a call. It's a report that there were two women who matched the description of Rose and Jocelyn. And the women were dressed as nuns. <laughs> Apparently. Did they, 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 they took, did they find any receipts in the Pathfinder from various costume stores? No, they were smart about that. They didn't leave behind much um, for the police to find other than the apology note to the rental car company. Maybe it was written on the back of a Party City costume. Yeah, they just didn't notice it. Nun costume, cop costume, (laughs) clowns. Doctor, dentist costume, Mm -hmm. firefighters. Like the two parts of the horse. (laughs) They just got two back ends, though. They're like, damn, this won't work. Oh, no, That's no, what you no. get for digging around in the bargain bin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So they show up as nuns, and uh, they, they try basically to strong-arm their way into a house mm-hmm. as nuns. Okay. <laughs> so they, they go up, they I knock really on this dude's that. door, right? And the dude opens it up, and he's like, yes, ladies? Oh, sorry, um, sisters? And they're like, well, excuse me, could you... Uh, and they try to start talking about whatever charity organization that they're running for or whatever support that they would like for Catholic, you know, older aging nuns. And the guy's like, okay, okay. And he's nodding along and they're looking at him. They're like, he's not buying this. Turns out he recognized them from the Toronto newspapers had put their faces out. So that he's like, I don't think y'all are nuns. He opens up his sweatshirt and shows that he's wearing the wanted shirt <laughs> underneath. He's like, I am with you. <laughs> so he just refuses and then eventually uh, Joyce and, and Rose were like oh man this old man's not gonna let us in these nun costumes are bunk so they bounce right mm-hmm. now possibly they could have been showing up with the Romeo Clement t-shirts and been like yes we're looking for these women he may not have even <laughs> gone he's like oh of course yes now the Houston PD and the Toronto PD they start getting lots of these uh 
phone calls and tips coming in. Mm -hmm. So the women start getting spotted all over the Toronto area, right? Meanwhile, the two outlaws spend Rose's 37th birthday on the lam. Happy birthday! Yay! Now that the, they no longer had to, like, you know, chase down any criminals, the Houston police, meanwhile, are going to the press and just kind of praising the women. Mm-hmm. They go out there, <laughs> like, there's Officer Alex Hardesty who says at the time, quote, I think they were both looking for a different lifestyle. The robberies were well-planned. They stood out from the pack. They had duct tape. They had handcuffs. They had a stun gun. But they never really hurt anybody. That's quality policing. That's right? looking at the big picture. Yeah, he's like, look, harm reduction. Exactly. Another one, a Houston police investigator, uh, Todd Janke, he said in terms of their robbery, quote, um, they may be amateurs, but they're some of the best I've ever seen. They had so much respect for yeah. these women. The Houston PD was very impressed. Nice. Meanwhile, the Toronto Metro Police, they were busy trying to chase down leads, and they were getting a ton of leads. So there would be these reported sightings of them all over. They were in the grocery store. They were uh, talking to this woman, Helen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Helen <laughs> <laughs> There's like dozens of these reported sightings where people are like, oh, I saw them buying a computer electronics. Oh, I saw them, but they were trying to steal a car in the park. I saw them. They were uh, working as strippers down at this joint I like to go to. The one person's like, I saw them trying to buy a refrigerator. They're like, okay. wait, really? Oh, yeah. They were accused of like, trying to like basically lowball someone for appliances. Oh That's what God. got their attention. It's like, well, they kept arguing about the price. And I noticed that I was like, like wait a minute. We do not barter at Best Buy. Yeah. This is a steal we're giving you. I want a lower price. So one of the cops, Metro Toronto police detective Steve Pacconi, Mm -hmm. he goes to the press and he basically starts to express the working officer's frustration with trying to chase down all these bunco leads. Yeah. And he says in like this Dr. Seussian-like rhyme, and I quote, Mm -hmm. someone saw them here, someone saw them there, someone has seen them everywhere. (laughs) But there was what one. What is going on with all these cops? <laughs> I know, right? There was one person though who did actually hear from them. Okay. Jocelyn's lawyer, Bill Burge. Now he tells the press, he's like, "Hey, uh, yeah, they contacted me right when they went on the lamb. They jumped bail, contacted me. I did my lawyer thing. I said, hey, you shouldn't do that. You should, uh, you know, come back and maybe turn yourselves in.' And then the real quote is, uh, uh, "I said, uh, you know, turn yourself in.' And then quote, she said she was going to." And obviously, that was not true. Right. Because she did not. So her lawyer's like, well, I don't know all to tell y'all. I mean, she's paying my retainer. So good luck, officers. And they went around. Now, remember, in Canada, you have, like, basically the equivalent of the Texas Rangers is the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Yeah. They're spread out now trying because they have to, like, you know, with every passing day, they look like bigger, like, schmucks, basically. (laughs) So they're like, all right, we got to find these. They start to put on a press, right? So the Royal Canadian Mounted Police are also being aided by the private detectives hired by old Romeo Clement, Mm -hmm. who describes this time as, quote, the most frustrating two months of my life. (laughs) Right? Now, what could possibly end this run as their prolific partners in crime? I mean, obviously... There's the question, would Rose miss her husband, her children? Uh, would Jocelyn get scared? Like, you know, I'm running around with this older lady. I got so much future in front of me. What am I, I was just silly of me. Like, why am I trying to take this married woman away from her family? It was a silly fantasy. Did Jocelyn, you know, just get scared? I'm like, I want to go back to Texas. I miss Texas. What's this Canada? They, they put gravy what and, is this Canada? and cheese curds on everything. What is this? Did the luck your, run out? Broaden your horizons, Jocelyn. Hey, hey, hey. So, I'll tell you this much. We'll be back after a short break, and I'll tell you the conclusion of the story of Rose and Jocelyn, the real-life Thelma and Louise, and how they 
met their untimely capture. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. In my best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. right. 
So, Elizabeth, we've been talking about Rose and Jocelyn. We have. They've had a good run. They, they have. robbed some men. They had some fun. Dressed as nuns. And finally, their luck ran out. Yeah. Who would you guess would be the one to undo them? Someone wearing one of those cool T-shirts. Ooh, good guess. No. It was one of their <laughs> co-workers at the sex phone operation that they oh. were working at. Oh. Yeah. So at the time, they were working as sex phone operators in Toronto because <laughs> who's going to ask what goes on in the boiler room? True. True. Right? But turns out one of their co-workers was like, you know what? I could use a couple bucks. So called in on the tip line and turned him in for the reward. Wow. Rose gets arrested at the phone sex operator firm while she's on the call. She's like, yeah, so you're riding. You're Wait, excuse me. I have to go. Officer, one second. <laughs> Click. <laughs> so her partner, Jocelyn, she gets popped back at their apartment. She wasn't writing anything. They were just staying at an old folks' home right in downtown Toronto. Now, neither woman, they resist arrest. They don't try to get violent. They don't try to run for it. They don't try to kick out a window or punch a cop in the throat and steal his car keys and take his car and drive off. No, none of that. It's <laughs> a lot. Right? That would yeah. be, that'd be a lot. But instead, they're just happily brought in. They're booked together. And when they go to make their perp walk, there's actually like great film of this. They are laughing and smiling like they just have won. They're like, yeah. Well, they kind of did. They did. They definitely, they wanted the the press there to record their smiling faces. They wanted the world to know like, you ain't got nothing over on us just because you got us caught. (laughs) Now, the police, meanwhile, are still like pretty darn impressed with them. And they start to get together and they're like, wait a minute, somehow we missed it. These women also went out to Las Vegas and they robbed a few other men out there. Good for them. Yeah, so they had made it on their way, apparently. They just went out to Vegas, robbed some men, doubled back to Texas, and then went up to Canada. So they got charges all across the country and over the border, right? So their trials are pretty much open and shut. It's, It's a short case. They did everything. There's plenty of evidence. They pretty much admit to it. And now the women are facing charges in Canada and the United States, right? Uh-huh. Canada, not as terrible. In America, they're like, uh, how about 500 years behind bars? How's that sound? 500 years? Yeah. Well, they're not going to have to do all 500 years. They won't be like resurrected. Right. Those, you know. But okay. Time out. Yeah. <laughs> I got to address a ridiculous thing here. Yes. That this is just property crime, really. And uh-huh. these are... They've just stolen a bunch of hundreds of thousands of dollars and some cars and taken some ATM right. funds. And then you've got people who really do commit terrible, violent crimes. Mm-hmm. They're not getting 500 years. No, no. Where can I write a strongly worded letter to complain about this? Send it to Canada. Okay, I'll do that. And then tell them, talk to your friend America, because I have some problems. Mm -hmm. I think maybe like neighbor to neighbor, they could work this out. That's right. Perfect. Okay, I'll get right on that. You're welcome. Now, Jocelyn, she was 31 when she gets arrested. She has to plead guilty, and she takes a plea deal and ends up getting 10 years in prison on her three charges of aggravated robbery. She takes her plea deal because Rosemarie is Mm -hmm. facing 99 years on her own after the judge has basically started walking back the charges from like, you know, we'll get them down, down, down. They get them down to 99 years. She ends up getting sentenced to 30 years in a Texas prison. Ouch. Just for stealing some dumb dude's cash. Yeah. Right? Anyway. So while she's behind bars, though, Rose Marie ends up learning a new skill. Uh She begins to translate books into Braille. Wow. After her release, she's now a Braille translator. That's amazing. Yeah. And so 
I just think it's kind of awesome out there is that people would have no idea that they're like reading the work, you know, they're just going like, cruising along, fingers reading words. And the person who made that for them was once a highly skilled robber and folk hero outlaw. That's incredible. And, like you meet a Braille translator, you're like, oh, that's a great thing you do. You're like, she's like, yes, it is. And like, they would have no guesses. But like, think about that too. I think that's actually pretty incredible that they are offering that uh, to teach that skill in a correctional institute. Sure. Yeah, that is good. So I, I don't totally know if agree. it was like a correspondence course that she had to do, but that's I, I that's, do not know. That's a cool thing. Yeah, I give her credit more than the. Uh, well, sure, but I mean, like a lot of times, uh, people who are incarcerated don't have access to you know, these kind of workable. Uh, career things. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty cool. I thought that, I thought you'd enjoy that one. I did. So what's our ridiculous takeaway here? A ridiculous takeaway, well, for me, mm-hmm. uh, number one, always come up with a PowerPoint as to how you're going to hunt down a fugitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, employ more t-shirts <laughs> for various purposes. <laughs> I'm not going to send emails anymore. No. I'm just going to distribute t-shirts Send novelty to t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that is actually, I agree with you. That's, that is the ridiculous takeaway here is if you want to raise your profile, novelty t-shirt campaign, send yeah. them to a city yeah. that you've never been to just so people know you're coming. Look, in this digital age, everything's virtual or so far away. I want to write a message that touches your body <laughs> and you have to wear it around. <laughs> And it loses its ink after seven washes. Yes, that too. Thank you for joining us. I'm Elizabeth Dutton. And I'm Zaren Burnett. You can find us online at Ridiculous Crime on both Twitter and Instagram. If you got a tip for us about a ridiculous crime you'd like to hear about, or you want to confess to a ridiculous crime, email us at ridiculouscrime at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zaren Burnett. Produced and edited by the love bandit Dave Kustin. Research is by Bad Bad Marissa Brown, baddest researcher in this whole damn town. The theme song is by Thomas Stagger Lee and Big Bad Trav This Dutton. Executive producers are Ben, Here Comes, Trouble, Bolin, and Noel. Just punch it, Brown. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my hosts as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots 
the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.